Yo. What up? Uh, we never decided this and we never tried it, but that has become our intro. Do you realize that? That I make I make a weird or that I just say up? yo and we we greet each other mm-hmm. like we just are seeing each other. Oh, hello there, Russ. <laughs> I have a didn't f- see you there in front of the microphone. <laughs> I have a friend in your basement, I which f- I'm in now. I have a friend who I was talking to a couple weekends ago, and he was saying he his his six year old daughter was recording herself on her her tablet, mm-hmm. and she was like making YouTube videos that. She was just recording herself. So yeah. she was like taking like three bites of cereal. And she then she looked at the camera and went, oh, hey, guys. And I was like, that is perfectly sums up this generation, man. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, guys. I didn't see you there. Yeah, it's just like. It's like, you know, when we were kids, we watched Power Rangers and then we went out and fought each other. Right. That, uh, was, that was your experience. Were you a Power Ranger kid? Oh, yeah. Uh, see, see, my experience with Power Rangers was it came out in 1993, and the reason I know this for sure mm-hmm. is because my five-year-old is super into Power Rangers now. Okay. So I got, and his favorite's the Red Ranger, of course. Yeah. And I got him as cool of a poster as you can get of Power Rangers for Christmas, and it mm-hmm. shows every incarnation of the Red Ranger on the poster. That's cool. Uh, and it makes me realize how shitty most of them are. Oh, yeah. Have you seen them? They look fucking terrible. I think they're all like one season now. I think like the f- the first oh, yeah. iteration yeah. was like the only one that's like multiple Pretty seasons. Pretty much, yeah, cuz you look at this poster it says like 93 then 98, 99 all the way up. Yeah. It's pretty much one a year it yeah. is a new a new thing, but uh I know it's 93, but 93 we would have been 9. And I remember watching Power Rangers and thinking it was super cool and I was the Red Ranger, my sister was the Pink Ranger, my brother was the Blue Ranger. Okay. Uh, but also nobody wanted to be Billy. But also, no, the Blue Ranger was Billy. I know. Yeah. Uh, but also, uh, not wanting to go to school to admit that I watched Power Rangers because mm-hmm. we were exactly the age where it wasn't quite cool for us to like Power Rangers. But I, I totally did for like a year, maybe at most. I had neighbors who were younger than me, and so like I would go over to their house before the bus and watch Power Rangers. And then we would go out uh, to the bus together. So I guess that was my in, is that like the people around me were younger than me. So uh, I watched the younger stuff. I've gotten trapped in the clickbait uh, stuff for like the curse of the Power Rangers. Have you followed any of that? No. So I was just talking about how many people have died. And there's been a couple people oh, okay. that have been accused of murder and stuff for Power Rangers. Yeah. And like at first you're like, holy shit, that is a lot of people. But look how many fucking people have been involved in that show. Like it's it's just math. That's all it yeah. is. It's 100% just math. Has, Scientists say by 2070 there will have been more people that have been on Power Rangers than not. <laughs> that's a fact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's math. <laughs> uh, but yeah, at first it definitely starts to become weird but uh and then you actually think about it no it's just but like one of them uh like killed somebody with a sword yeah it was a red ranger i think one from like the early 2000s yeah i don't know about that i thought it was like a background character because it's not nearly as exciting when you actually read the story Mm. i might be wrong but uh yeah i think anything like um you remember, were you a Seinfeld guy? I don't remember if we've talked no, about this. I, Not a I Seinfeld never, guy? I never was into Seinfeld. There's a, there's one where, where George talks about uh, how, I think he's talking saying this to a baseball player, and he's like, you know what I never, I, I always thought, is at some point all these all these teams flying across the U.S., at some point one of these planes is going to go down. It's just bound to happen at some <laughs> point, and the whole team is going to get taken out. 
and he's not wrong. Like at some point, statistically, he's it's going to happen. Uh, I don't know about that. But uh, over the course of infinity, it's going to happen, right? That that means so, that MLB exists to infinity. Uh, it does in the scientific equation. Oh, okay. Um, but I always think about that when it comes down to those when we start talking about things like that. Like, yeah. uh, have you ever heard of the poltergeist curse? Oh yeah. Uh, so that's the same thing, and Tie that one in. that one is more fucked up in that, uh, like there is a shitload of things, but also as many movies as there's been, yeah, there's bound to be one that some bad shit happens to everybody. Yeah. Well, s- I, I guess the, the the original Power Rangers of those, like, uh, I guess Jason was a dick. Uh, so was the green slash white ranger. Mm-hmm. He's an MMA MMA guy now. Yep, uh, and I think he might have just gotten arrested or something. Uh, apparently no he like got oh shit I wish I remembered this off the top of my head he he like beat up it's not him but like mm-hmm. Corey Feldman or somebody like he beat up a bigger douche like he got into a fist fight with like Danny Bonaducci or something <laughs> at a convention like that's awesome. whoever he is but a bigger douche yeah because I remember reading it and I was like I'm reading for the Green Ranger in this <laughs> in this scenario he is the one that I'm in the corner for but he like legit got into a fight and like punch somebody yeah uh but he was an mma fighter so who if you're danny bonaducci you're an idiot for trying to fight the green ranger yeah uh but i think danny bonaducci trains mma okay and like he has been in like celebrity boxing things so if it was danny bonaducci that makes perfect sense to me okay uh so okay red ranger and green ranger were were dicks uh trin the yellow ranger died yeah like really young uh Billy, I guess, uh, was gay, and everybody, like, made his life on on yeah. set a living hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kelly Joe Johnson or Amy Amy Joe Johnson, uh, the Pink Ranger, got kicked off the show because she got preggers. Yeah. Uh, turns out, you know, the Black Ranger is the only one out of that who like made it out unscathed. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know the inside details, but. According to your your story, yeah, he's the only one that's not a dick. Yeah, uh, I had to go to back a while. Oh, Craig uh, Poltergeist, Craig T. Nelson. Mm-hmm. Have you heard the seen the interview with him on Glenn Beck? Uh, not so, that I'm so, aware of. So he his quote is, "I just said quote, and then I'm getting ready to say, don't quote me." Uh, but it's basically <laughs> pretty darn close to. I was on welfare. I had food stamps. Who helped me? Nobody. Is this recent? No, this was a few years ago. Okay, I was wondering if this was uh, in reference to this the, is... the uh, Cosby guy who... No, not even Cosby close. Show guy no, no, no. no. This, is, this is years and years ago. This is before Glenn Beck became less of a douche. Okay. Um, but I love that. Like, that line is the most absurd point of contention ever because he's basically telling people to pull themselves up by their bootstraps mm-hmm. look what i did i was on welfare i was on food stamps did i ask anybody for help who helped me no i did it all my own yeah i love it uh do you know the phrase pull yourself up by your bootstraps means the exact opposite of what it originally meant no because originally it was it was a like political cartoon back in like i think like the 18 late 1800s early 19th early 1900s uh and it was literally like you know they they uh 
what do they expect? Someone to pull themselves up by their bootstraps? And it was a political cartoon of some guy trying to pull himself up. And, you know, it's physically impossible. Yeah, no, that's I, I've never understood that for that exact reason. Right. And I so, guess had I thought about it, it probably would have made sense. Yeah. So, like, it was a, this point of ridicule that slowly turned into a point of pride. To do something impossible. <laughs> yes. Uh, there was... Uh, I, I wish I could remember. I think it got compiled into a book. It might have just been a website, but there was this guy who com- spent forever and he would write uh, letters. So this t- dates it a little bit, but he would write these letters to places um, of just absurd. Like it was pre-internet trolling, basically. Uh, but one of them that I remember, so he would, he, he wrote a letter to like this really expensive, fancy restaurant. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, I really want to make a reservation for your restaurant. Uh, here's the problem. Uh, I need to to be sequestered. Uh, you can even put me outside by the dumpster or whatever because I look exactly like Abraham Lincoln. And everywhere I go, people bother me because they think that I they want to talk to me about the fact that I look like Abraham Lincoln. Can you accommodate me? <laughs> and they would respond and, and, and things like that. But the one I remember is he wrote this big letter to like this physics professor at some esteemed university and saying that he... He's been trying to lift himself up sitting in a chair forever and he can't understand it because he's been bench pressing and he can lift like 300 pounds and he only weighs 170 pounds. But as hard as he tries when he sits in a chair, he can't lift himself up. And <laughs> so the professor, resp- the whole point of this thing is the pr- that the people that he's responding respond super serious. Mm-hmm. So this professor like responds with all these physics and things like that, trying to explain to him why he physically can't lift himself up. I love that that's like there's something quaint about him being like the letter writing version of the jerky boys. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love that idea. There was a bunch like that. Those are the two that I could remember off the top of my head. Uh, but there was a lot like that and it was really kind of great. Um, and the patients that would have to come and like your response rate can't be great. You know? Oh yeah. Uh, you know, it's not like YouTube you're comments where you're just out, like, right? this sucks. This you probably sent that to like 20 different restaurants. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Um, but still it's, it's impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and is it crazy that we used to spend 15 or $20 on a jerky boys CD for things that, that you can get online completely? No, I mean, like kids can... these days, they're spoiled. Sure. But you know, you still have to pay for things. Yeah. They're just more convenient. Yeah. Uh, well you and I pay for things. Yes. Douchebags don't. Yes. Um, can I talk about douchebags? apparently um so a guy that i used to work with okay i won't even say like a a protege maybe that might be a little a little much but i don't want it to somebody you may have at one point attempted to take under your wing yes uh he died this week in presumably a drunken car accident by himself Hmm. and it sucks and uh i just wanted to bring you down with that Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so I've had like th- at least three people like that that I know pretty How? well. Why did that come in with, can I talk about douchebags? Because uh, he was kind of a douche. Like, uh, <laughs> like so So that, that's my thing is like I've talked to uh, like what makes somebody a good person. Like he did some very, very bad things mm-hmm. uh, that I'm not going to talk about. But... Uh, like every time I interacted with him, I enjoyed my interactions. I liked him, but you know that he did some other stuff and it's not good. Yeah. Um, 
and I'm conflicted about that. Like I'd much like it better if I didn't like him. Yeah. Like I have conf- conflicts about that. Yeah. It's like watching Louis K- C.K. stuff and still laughing mm-hmm. or enjoying the Cosby show. You know, yeah. I'm conflicted because I don't want to like it. So I don't know if I've told the story in the podcast, but here I go. So uh, I, you know, we both grew up fat. We both, I think, got bullied um, at least somewhat in school. Um, I I think we both learned to uh, use humor as a shield in that way. Uh, so by the time, like, I got bullied a lot in elementary school, and then it kind of it came to a head in middle school, and then just kind of stopped because I think, like, I got the cool kids kind of on my side with my humor. But there was one kid all throughout high school who just every opportunity and i think he, he was trying to be cool i don't know but every opportunity oh he was totally a cool leech yeah is that is that a good way to describe that like yeah. he wanted to be cool mm-hmm. with the cool kids wasn't quite there yeah and he thought that this might ingratiate ingratiate himself to them and i feel like it probably did the exact opposite but he was just every every opportunity he could he would try to take the piss out of me and it was like it being the only one, like it was kind of frustrating because it was like I turned this corner, you know, because high school sucks by itself. You know, you're trying to find who the fuck you were going to be for the rest of your life. Like <laughs> it's a very formative years. And then uh, so I didn't need to deal with this bullshit. And so like after high school, uh, I would see him out sometimes, you know, like once or twice a year. And he kind of tried to tried to bury the hatchet a little bit, mm-hmm. but like I wasn't ready, so I just was like, "Yeah, whatever." You still got time. Yeah, you can still do it. Yeah, and then he just fucking dropped dead. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and I'm laughing I at my I'm really laughing at my joke weird. in your pain, not the fact that he died. For <laughs> yeah. the record, for the audience listening, Justin knew what I was laughing at. Yeah. Okay. So you see it on Facebook, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, he did all these awesome things. He worked for all these charities and everything. And I'm like, it looked like he did as much good in as little time as he was yes. here as he could have, at least post-high school. But he was he's still always that D-bag that bullied me in high school. Yeah. And I never – and I, I always pushed him away when he tried to – to like apologize and stuff and i'd like when i found out that he died it was this weird fucking experience of like like the back the lizard part of my brain is singing ding dong the witch is dead yeah but like everything else is like dude that's fucked up and so yeah it was it was a weird time and i still think about it sometimes and i still to this day don't know like it's been years Mm -hmm. i still don't know how to process it i uh i kind of hate this word but it's a great word to describe my relationship with that guy in that we were frenemies Mm -hmm. like (laughs) maybe that's some is yours too uh but we did things outside of of school a time or two Mm -hmm. um usually in the mix of other people um but also there is a definitely degree of like, fuck you. Well, fuck you too. Like, so it's definitely the best word that I could describe him with is like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't understand that relationship exactly. And I guess I never will, but, yeah. uh, yeah, it is weird. We had, so, you know, 
we had such a small class. It's been what sixteen years now since we graduated. Um, but even in like the first decade, we had such a small class, and what three or four people had already died from it. Yeah, like one kid died on his twenty first birthday, drunk driving. Um, you know, kid just drops dead. Yeah, just randomly. Mm-hmm. Um, a suicide, which is always fucking terrible. Yeah, I like, feel bad too, and that I didn't necessarily like any of those three of those people. Yeah, but I don't, obviously don't want that to happen. I don't even know if that needs oh, to yeah. be said, but yeah. it's like it's it's almost I don't want to say it's almost harder because there's obviously people that really cared for them that it's harder for. Yeah. But in my mind, like at least if I could just be upset by the fact that they're not with us anymore. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I have such conflict about it, not, not that I again, not that I want them dead. Right. But that when they were alive, I didn't care that they were alive, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like to a certain is, degree, is you it, don't care that they're dead. But yeah, I mean, they're not, and that's kind of maybe what makes you feel that way. Yeah, it's because you kind of didn't care about them. You don't like that they died because no. you. It's not. But if they were alive, I wouldn't want anything to do with them. Yeah, I mean, which is weird. The 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 kid that killed himself. Uh, this is a fun topic on a horror podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about movies and suicide. <laughs> uh, so by that time, you know, I had another friend group through a completely different avenue they like lived on different sides of town and everything and one of my friends girlfriends like that was her best friend and so it was weird that it like when i heard it like hit me and also hit my friend group with like that was weird it's like that small world type thing yeah <laughs> in a real one of the, you know usually like oh man small world it's like oh small world that's uh <laughs> that's the third person that i've had that's died directly because of alcohol uh the first two i worked at a small restaurant throughout high school mm-hmm. uh and one of the guys i worked side by side with 30 40 hours a week uh came home from partying one night i think he might have only been 20 mm-hmm. partying one night gets home closes the garage door passes out before he turns off the car mm-hmm. wow yeah uh so that was a big deal uh and another guy same restaurant obviously had had a drinking problem forever a bunch of duis and stuff young guy had to have been under 25 like the one that i remember is he he hit a curb and tried to just drive the rest of the way home with two flat tires and got pulled over um and one car wreck drunk yeah so yeah it sucks man alcohol is very bad as you take your drink. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's frustrating. I'm still in the anger portion. Yeah. So that's what's been going on in my week. Sorry. <laughs> it's a little depressing. I know. But I just seen him that day, dude. Wow. So I see the guy that day. Just casually mm-hmm. see him. Bust his balls. Make fun of him. All right. Later. Yeah. Nope. No later. Because you died. So you might have been the last person you ever talked to. No. <laughs> it was a solid 12 hours later. Hey, man. Uh, never know. I never know. So, yeah, that's my week. Happy fun times. Ew. Yeah. In And then we, as a person, you manage to make it about yourself, right? Because oh, yeah. even right there, I'm like, I just saw him. Yeah. Meanwhile, 
he doesn't give a shit about me. Like in it, in the afterlife that I don't think that exists, mm-hmm. he's not like, let me go see what Russ is doing. Yeah. He doesn't give two fucks, no. but I'm making it about me, right? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> that's that's all we can fucking do. That, that's all we can do, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the one that you talked about that uh, we didn't really get along with, the suicide or whatever, mm-hmm. like I literally think like, why didn't he call me? But like, we, yeah. we were... There's... Because we interacted four times in high school. <laughs> like... That's why, <laughs> but it, but in all seriousness, like had that ever come up, mm-hmm. absolutely, I would have done anything. Like, yeah. and I can say that sincerely. That's not like a if you need anything, call me. Like, that's a real thing. Like, if it was possible that I could have done anything, I really to this day, like I think about that guy and it bothers me. Like, yeah. God damn it, why didn't he call me? Like, yeah. and I know how absurd and stupid that is. I don't think I ever had one class with him, which is weird. Cause, like, I'd say how small our high school was. Like, all I know about him, I, like, I remember one story. I feel like it's all I know about him. It's not a good story. Yeah. He doesn't come out well in it. No. Uh, and so that's literally all the no, memory I, I have of him. I story that is. Is this and picking up the ice in my mouth? Yes. That's picking that up? Yeah. So I shouldn't do this anymore? You really shouldn't do that. What do I do with the one that's in there right now? Swallow. Better? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll try not to do that again. Sorry. Uh, so speaking of weird coincidences, uh-huh. uh, so I've been listening to a band that I haven't listened to in like a decade, mm-hmm. like just randomly, I hadn't listened to them in a decade and their song, like it was like one of those earworms. I couldn't get it out. So I was like, I get to work and I'm like, I have to listen to them, get this out of my head. And, um, I'm on Google play and like, I see the, the CDs that I know they had, <clears throat> Is it weird that I called them CDs just there? Maybe. I, <laughs> listening to streaming. Oh, yeah. I love, I'm going to stream this CD. Uh, Are they still together? I doubt it. I, I just assume not based on the time frame. Right. Because I think their latest stuff is from 2007. Yeah. So. Uh, but I see they have his live album and I'm listening to it and he says something like weird that's like, hey, you know, I hope I, you know, we're all you're all here for this other band that we're opening up for. Uh, and we're anxious to get off stage and get in the crowd with you guys and listen to them too. So we're just going to do a couple more songs. And I'm like, that sounds familiar. That sounds like something they said at the show that you and I went to. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, that show was in Chicago. This says like the the date and the place. Yep. Okay, that place is in Chicago. But I looked at their bio. They're a band from Chicago. Yeah. So like, that's not weird. Uh and then I like talk to you and you're like, yeah, we were fucking at that show. Well, and I wouldn't have been 100 percent either. But you said, where was it? And I had a ballpark like I didn't know exactly the name, mm-hmm. but I had I was definitely in the ballpark. Like yeah. it was definitely that. It nugget sounds was, like scuba. It sounded like scuba. And then I would throw a few words, scuba, shuba, scuba, whatever. Yeah. And it was shubas. Yeah. Uh yeah, and then like I found the article or whatever that was referencing it, and they couldn't have played together that many times, so that has to be it. Yeah, that's insane. So that's cool. I've never been on a live album before. Yeah, except I was thirteen years ago, <laughs> and just now found out about <laughs> <Yes>. it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so every day, like, is it weird that I listen to like, can I can I hear my woo? Yeah. <laughs> that was is that me. me. That was is my that woo. Me? Is that me? That was my woo. Uh, I told you I was. I went to two shows that was from this artist mm-hmm. uh i guess i'll just plug it i don't know why we're being vague about what who we're talking about that was crackling moth that was crackling moth which is uh, they only have two eps and a live album but 
I dig them immensely. And I'm um, sad that they probably don't exist anymore. Yeah. Uh, so the guy's name is Robbie Folks, and it was pretty cool. He had he has a two CD live set, which is one CD is called Sitting, one CD is called Standing, which is uh, his fast songs that you'd be standing for and hopping around, and then his slow stuff that you'd be sitting and appreciating. And I was able to be at both. Um, but I was really upset because his Standing CD, the best part of that was the bass player or the guitar player or somebody said that they had to go take a leak mm-hmm. at some point and he was like go doesn't matter <laughs> and the, so they had like a little back and forth like you really want me to go take a leak in the middle of the concert we're recording this for a cd <laughs> it's like whatever just go take a leak we'll figure something out so he left and he improvised like this rap about his jewish bass player or whatever going to take a leak and it was incredible and it's not on the cd oh, like man. I was so dis. The whole time this was happening, I was like, "This is gonna be awesome on the CD," <laughs> and he didn't do it. Mm. I'm so upset. That recording's got to exist somewhere. Oh, yeah. I should tweet him and ask him to to put that online. Do you follow him, on and the then he'll be like, are? "I put that on Twitter ten years ago. <laughs> it's or YouTube ten years ago. You're an idiot. You did no research when you tried to ask this." But yeah, that's the internet. That's what people do. It's yeah, it's frustrating when I see that happen. You see the one thread, like a company releases a statement that says this movie is coming out on this date. Mm-hmm. When is this coming out? What's the movie's name? When's it coming out? Yeah, what's it about? <laughs> Just frustrating. The internet's horrible. People are terrible. Yeah, I don't like people. I've never liked people. I don't either. Hey, listen to our podcast, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you want to talk about some movies? Sure. Uh, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Mm-hmm. Give me a synopsis. Uh, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon is about a dude who kills people in a documentary crew that follows him around. Very good. Overall thoughts? Uh, confused. Okay. I feel like this movie is confused. Okay. Uh, it wants to have its cake and eat it too. Okay. And I feel like they they prob- they they had a decent premise, mm-hmm. uh, and I enjoyed, uh, I think, quite immensely some parts of it. Uh, but uh, stylistically, it's it's weird. Okay, because they do the switch. Because they because they do the switch. Yeah, because it's a, it's like essentially a found footage movie, right? So it's a found footage movie that turns into a standalone film, to, to a traditional film. But it does it film. several times throughout the movie. It does, um, uh, which I get. But then like, the whole third act is that. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. And I'm it's, fine with that. Is, I like that. There, there. I have one big problem with this. Okay. And it, it basically, it, it might be my fault, because I, I've said before I don't really like slasher movies. Mm-hmm. So I love... The found footage. I love the documentary aspect. I love the dissection of slasher movies. Yeah. I even enjoy the slasher movie within it when they're showing you what's going to happen as Leslie is explaining it. Mm-hmm. What I don't care for is when it turns into a real slasher. And that might just be me because I don't really enjoy slasher movies because there's yeah. nothing to them for me. Um but I think that the the cleverness that it gives you with the dissection of the slasher subgenre mm-hmm. uh, and Nathan Basil's performance is awesome. Yeah, I would mostly agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Dive in? Sure. All right. So first thing, very timely, we get shots of Nikes in our opening shot. Okay. So I'm just saying. I don't think I noticed that. Caper Pipnickel. 
Kaepernick? I don't, I don't know his name. Kaepernick. Kaepernick, yeah. I'm Colin assuming Kaepernick. he's... So what I've put together with this, by reading nothing, okay, reading nothing, and just seeing memes and things shared on Facebook, sure. is this is one of the predominant kneelers during the national anthem. He was the first. Okay, cool. Makes total sense. I get it. Right. So he, he originally sat on the bench, uh, and a former NFL player in Green Beret uh, called him up and was like, hey, um, like, that's a little bit disrespectful. Let, and Colin Kaepernick was like, oh, that's not what I'm trying to be at all. And so they got together and had a meeting and tried to discuss where, how he could protest what he thought was a, was an injustice in America mm-hmm. while simultaneously not making it about the military or not um, making it yeah, about the military at all. And so it was the Green Berets' decision to kneel. And, you know, he said that um, football players kneel when a player is hurt. Soldiers kneel at another soldier's grave. Like, that that will make a statement. It's, in a, it's not offensive. Uh, in fact, it is very reverent of the military and and servicemen and women and so that's what he started doing and it got crazy so not being a sports guy Mm -hmm. uh i don't understand why this i know it's not a sports thing it's a sports thing but it's not a sports thing it seems like the most simple and non-confrontational way to show dissent like Mm -hmm. even if i disagreed like why are we not adopting this for everything like isn't that an easy way to adopt it for other things too yeah like it seems so easy and perfect to me right it's Uh, it's it's, i i am protesting the point of a protest is to to be not necessarily confrontational but raise raise awareness by yeah by actions yep so i'm visibly protesting but i'm not like hey fuck the country i'm not making it about me i'm not making it about me i'm not making a statement i'm not running and wiping my ass with the flag or anything i'm just taking a knee as football players and servicemen and women do yeah i i don't get it like i it and it's Stupid. not it's and not why because the fuck trump like got involved and then Mike Pence went to a Colts game. Oh, and that was somebody the most kneeled and staged, he immediately left. Yeah. 100%. That's the most staged thing ever. Yes. He knew that from the beginning that yes. that's what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. We're getting, I'm not trying to, I'm sorry. That's I just, fine. I don't understand. It shouldn't be political though. That's the thing. It's not political at all. It's, it, I mean, it is about America. Like, I don't understand people who think protesting America is anti-American. So this is the most American thing. You I don't can think do. it was on the podcast. I think this was when I was in Austin with, with Ben and Bruce. Okay. Um, but I referenced an Al Franken book um, and it, it sums this up perfectly. And Al Franken in uh, lies in the lying liar or lies affair. in the lying liars that tell them. Yes. Uh, a fair and balanced. Look at the right. Uh, he says that conservatives love America like children love their parents and liberals love America like you love your spouse. And that is you love your spouse in spite of all of their flaws and you can see their flaws and you would like to work on improving them. But conservatives love 
their country like a child loves their parent and that they see them as being a superhero and perfect and they can do no wrong. And I was like, that's exactly right. That's exactly what this is. Mm-hmm. I miss Al Franken. Uh, Bill Maher is trying to get him to come back. but it's That's such a dumb one. Like, I am in no means advocating any sexual deviancy towards or, or, or impertuities. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was a comedian being funny. I don't know. I mean, I don't think that the picture is was i don't think the picture crossed the line because i don't as far as i'm aware he didn't physically touch her right so that's stupid now if the the kissing thing and integrating that into the scene and the rehearsal stuff is true then that's a little skeezy what was Um, that one that he was like he worked that he changed the script so that he kissed her and then like he uh like forcibly kissed her during the rehearsals and stuff and she okay. felt uncomfortable yeah that certainly sounds a little skeezy uh but yeah that was the skeezy bit for me the photo i don't think okay was, see i only really skeezy. knew about the photo that's the only one that i knew about yeah. and i wish he would have stuck to his guns and waited for an ethics thing but i understand that you know democrats were gun shy and um i think rightfully so yeah uh behind <laughs> <Politics>. the mask <laughs> uh Okay, well, we talked about the very first shot, which is the Nike shoes. Yeah. Um, so we get to know that uh, all those slasher movies like exist in this world. Mm-hmm. So Jason is real. Chucky is real. Freddy Krueger is real. Michael Myers is real. Yep. Um, but the idea is that they're selling here is that these are basically regular dudes mm-hmm. that have made the decision to be a slasher. Right, so somewhere and they build they build their story and the, their supernatural mystique, even though they're just dudes. Yes, they're all conscious decisions that they have to make in order to do that. And this uh, college crew has found a guy that's on the precipice of getting ready to have his big come out slash kill mm-hmm. um, in Leslie Vernon, and he's been working towards this goal of. He's got his foundation laid out. He's got his story. He's got his backstory. He's been building it. Mm -hmm. uh, And he's getting ready to have his part one, right? Yeah. Um, He's picked out his his victims and his survivor girl. Yep. All that. And they start talking about how he can do his thing. So we first meet him at his house. He's at his house. They're showing him around. He shows him. He's got some turtles, and this is the first line that I really laughed out loud at, and that he's showing him these turtles, and he's like, yeah, I only have pets that I can eat. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> that's so stupid <laughs> and so wonderful. Like, why do you, why? I, I love it. it. It's fantastic, though. Just Maybe that line. Maybe he saw because, Holocaust and got hungry. Because you, so the, the character of Leslie is one that is functional as a human being, uh, in normal everyday life, mm-hmm. but obviously a bit off center. This is a dude that is going to, his goal is to be uh, infamous for being uh, a, a, not only a serial killer or a murderer, right. but a paranormal one yeah. to come with this mystique. It's not him. He It's, it's it, it literally is performance art. Yeah, it's a character that he's created. Mm-hmm. It's not him. He's creating this character, including right. a backstory. He's not David Bowie. He's Ziggy Stardust. Yes, exactly. Or Chris Gaines. Uh, <laughs> I think we've talked about Chris Gaines on this before. That's hilarious. <laughs> Chris I Gaines. I love singers that, with different personalities. Garth That's Brooks great. was my first CD that I ever bought. In Pieces, the red one. In Pieces was a good album. 
I think uh, I've said before my first CD. Well, I had I got two at the same time. Was uh, Vanilla Ice to the Extreme and MC Hammer? Please Hammer, don't hurt him. Yeah, uh, I had a cassette. With... Did you get the long box? Yeah, yeah, uh huh, yeah. From Kmart, that was that was a big waste of. Because <laughs> I love the long boxes. Because inside, they had like the big. Uh, plastic thing that put them like at the top third of the box yeah uh and then they'd like stopped doing the long boxes but kept that big thing forever yeah. so they would just be on the stands and the, the big security thing it's like why do they need to be three times their height on the shelf i don't know it, it was just a weird thing that hung on longer than it needed to yeah i'm a little disappointed with the absence of physical media I'm looking at walls of physical media in front of me every time I come down here to record. Yeah. yeah. Like Best Buy doesn't stock CDs anymore. So? Yeah. You can get them. Yeah. It's just the idea. Like, uh, I don't know. We won't get into it. Uh, <laughs> get off my lawn. Uh, so one of the, 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 the best lines in this is that we, we see uh, Leslie Vernon working out right after this. And he's like, do you have any idea how much cardio it takes in order for me to run and chase after people and not be panting when I get there mm-hmm. and to make it look like I was just walking and I'm able to catch up with them? Yeah. So this is kind of what tells you the tone that you're doing is they're kind of explaining slash poking fun, but revering in a reverence yeah. uh, this subgenre of horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is what I think it does a really, really good job about because they go as far is later they that Leslie goes through and he tells each kill and where he's going to stage them and when the reveal is going to happen. Uh, and the little things that he does of showing up so she can see him at her work and think that she might see him and all of these little things throughout mm-hmm. that kind of critique and go through the subgenre. Right. The, uh, the red herring and all I love, I, I love that they have jargon. I yes. love jargon. Yes, and he has to explain the jargon yes. to them. It's industry terms. Yeah. He, he always refers what, to the industry. Mm-hmm. Like, what's a red herring? What's an Ahab? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I I love that. I love jargon. Uh, so the red herring is? That is the, oh, something's off. Maybe I saw something. Maybe I didn't kind of event, which in this case is... Uh, Maybe seeing him and then getting locked out of uh, her place. Yep, which is 100% him going through super practical ways mm-hmm. of making something Fishing eerie and supernatural and, yeah. happen. Exactly. Yeah. Like, everything is so forced in a in the quote-unquote real life of this mm-hmm. because there's nothing supernatural happening at all. Right. But he's literally going through with fishing line to make it appear like spooky things are happening. Yeah. Um, talk about Ahab. Uh, the the Ahab in this is Robert England, um, and an Ahab is, uh, is a like kind of like an arch nemesis. Like mm-hmm. he's the good guy who will stop at nothing to stop the the supernatural killer. This is obviously the Loomis uh, from mm-hmm. from Halloween, is what this directly is. Yeah. Uh, I have made it very clear my thoughts on Robert England as a performer, which is that he is fantastic in one role, and that is the role in which he has to overact because he is hidden behind makeup appliances. Mm-hmm. What did you think about his performance at this? Well, the fact that he has like four lines and then gets to die. Yeah. 
really good. Uh, I disagree because he manages to fucking overact this shit, dude. <laughs> I do not understand. I thought it fit the tone. Ah. Oh. Robert England. Herschel's overacting. Overacts. I don't think Herschel's overacting at all. I think he is wonderful in this. Uh, <laughs> so it's the hyper. Okay. So who is Scott Wilson in this? Uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. You can you can talk. You were going to continue to talk about. Well, so it always like. So I think there are three. There are three horror movie moments in this where it goes to, sixteen by nine or, or you know full like full widescreen. Uh, <laughs> full widescreen. <laughs> it's it's okay. It's either the sixteen by nine or twenty one by nine. Uh, I don't know what it was. Uh, I don't remember if it was letterboxed. Anyway, it was pan and scan. It was not pan and scan. <laughs> I want to make a movie Which that again, is made in pan and scan. <laughs> That's what Turbo Kids should have done, dude. You, you I'm not even seventy two millimeter. And you pan and scan with an eight millimeter camera. Uh, tell me that wouldn't have been awesome if if Turbo Kid had have consciously panned and scanned. I mean, to consciously pan and scan, all you need to do is just make it, just kind of zoom in too close, make everything feel slightly off. Uh, but no, but then you have to actually do the scan back and forth. That's what always was was so awkward is because you would have a full frame thing. Right, the, there would be the people whole point on of pan and scan is you have you have more area in the frame than what you're showing. Yes, exactly. But that's when it gets awkward is when they have to pan back and forth. I mean, I don't know. Go you ahead. Don't, you sorry. don't have to actually do the pan and scan. You can just zoom in too close and move the camera around awkwardly. Yeah, I'm just not saying minute. they actually had to go through making a widescreen movie, turning it into full frame, and then going back and forth. Right. But if they would have went for that. Anyway, so I think there are three moments, and it's like it's the red herring, uh, and then the moment when Ahab shows up, and then the end. And so, like the red herring, you don't even realize because it's like the beginning of the movie, and you don't know what it, the movie is yet. So ignore that one. The library, like they super like the library. I actually enjoyed. I thought the library was really they good. Super dig into it, like. They have a full, like, fucking jib shot to go in. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't die. Keep going. <laughs> okay. It's not picking me up. You're good. <laughs> they have a full, like, crane shot at, at the beginning on a jib and go down into this mundane thing of just two people talking, which is great. Uh, and, you know, Zelda Rubenstein is there. And she, she's overacting the shit out of it. But she's overacting playing Zelda Rubenstein, dude. Sure. That's the thing. And she's amazing. I mean, she was a treasure, sure. Uh, not a national treasure, but like a local treasure. <laughs> she's she's wonderful. She's delightful. Yeah. She really is. Tell me you don't want a Zelda Rubenstein in your, to keep at home. Like you'd feed and water her every day. <laughs> you would make sure her cage is cleaned. If... If your girlfriend would let you have a Zelda Rubenstein, wouldn't you have one in your part in your house? Sorry, I don't. I, I'm anti owning people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. You just turned the. <laughs> uh, so she's adorable. I will say. Yeah, and and the way they shot it and everything, like, and then they go back into the documentary, and shots from the horror movie 
are on the tape. But obviously, like, who was recording that? I missed that part, though. Because they freeze frame and they're like, look, I got an Ahab. And oh, it's okay, like, yeah, it's sure. from the library scene. Okay, yeah, I missed that. Okay. Like, I, that, I mean, that's kind of what a definitional plot hole is, is mm-hmm. when you violate sure. the rules of your own universe. But I don't want to, like, just go plot hole. But, like, I, I would have liked an explanation for that because I thought it was coming, right? Mm-hmm. I thought that maybe the whole point of this is like they were they were making it up and they were simultaneously trying to decide if they wanted to make a documentary or like or like mm-hmm. a mockumentary. Yeah, I didn't realize thing. that was the same shot, but you're or, saying that it's right because it's straight on looking at Robert England. Right, and they were outside the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I missed that for sure. Uh, I really did enjoy the library scene. The library scene yeah. as a movie. Yes. Not, not a mockumentary right. was done great. And I think it's because it was so big. They did it so big mm-hmm. and it was so small yeah. that it works really well. Cause it's a really small scene. It's a, it's a cramped, I mean, it looks spacious, yep. but in the, in the grand scheme of things, it's a, it's a small little set. And Leslie Vernon, the slasher looks great in this. Like you yeah. can see he looks iconic with his, his mask and his hair crazy and things mm-hmm. like that, which I love even the fact that like the back of his mask isn't full. Like, because he looks iconic from the front, mm-hmm. and it's obviously like, this is fuck, fake fucking hair from the back. Right. Like, I love... Because he's always seen from the front. Yes, exactly. No like one's if, ever going to see him from behind. Exactly. Um, um, you referenced Scott Wilson, Herschel, mm-hmm. right? And he's like uh, the re- old Eugene. retired slasher. Yes. And... Uh, I don't think he would call himself retired. Uh, no? Everyone around him does. Okay. Um, but I love him, because he goes through this huge monologue where he's referencing... Fred and Mike and Chuck and things like that. And he's talking about uh, how they've changed the game and they changed it and they were able to come back and reoccur and do it over and over. And he's a hundred percent talking about these films while he's, he's talking about them as people quote unquote in this universe. Yeah. Uh, And I thought that was really well done because they do that. And then Leslie does a, starts talking later in the film about the this uh symbolic nature of grabbing something very phallic and killing you with it in the birth canal and that's the in my phallic versus yonic yes that's my opinion the super overanalyzation of these movies and trying mm-hmm. to uh make them intellectual which i don't believe that they are they are no uh and i feel like that's overanalyzing but it's the explanation that you get from people that have done that is what he's regurgitating. Yeah, because it is simultaneous homage and taking the piss out of. Sure. Which I don't know a good American. That's a that's a definitely a British phrase. I don't know a good American way to say that. So I think taking the piss out of is the best. Well, you're way. half British, so yeah, exactly. Or you might be. You don't know. <laughs> uh they they hide the fake mu- newspaper in the the library. That's what prompted that. Yeah. Um. We, uh, I love how throughout the film, Leslie Vernon seems to be very considerate of the crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he's asking them if they're okay with things. He offers to get them drinks and things like that. Yeah. Um, and you can definitely get the feeling like he could be a really nice guy. Like, yeah. like people that I think work that's with, the point is that he is a nice guy. This is just, that's the decision the he's made. He exactly. Chosen. Yeah. Um, so we end up with our big final night. Right. Well, before that, there was one other scene, like the the library 
the starkness of going in and out of that, which again, I agree that it's well done, but going in and out of that into the movie is is weird and just weird and uncomfortable. I feel like, but there's also a point um, where, so they go and talk to Kelly. Is that her name? Don't know. Uh, who was his survivor girl, and that was the one rule he had is you don't interfere with it, you don't talk to her at all. And you're on Leslie's side right now because he did make it very clear, you don't do this, Mm -hmm. and they made a conscious decision to say, fuck you, Leslie. Right, and then that's when Robert England's there, and he like tells them that he's not Leslie Vernon, he's Leslie whatever, Mankiewicz or something from New Mexico. Uh, Or Reno, Reno. Uh, Not important. No, but I like, you know, uh, we had this conversation last time. I like to be right and I like to be accurate. Uh, to the fault of the podcast. Sure. Uh, I say oh, a lot too, to mm-hmm. the detriment of the podcast. So, which is just an uh. So is the new uh. It is. I don't know how to make my brain work without saying, oh, I'm trying to consciously go into this. It's like jumpstarting for your saying, brain. Without uh, and it's not happening. That's cool. We'll just sit here for like four minutes. It's, nobody's noticing this lag. Uh, he's, God damn it. He's from <laughs> Reno. He's from Reno, and she's like, uh, he's like, hey, I, you're not, this is the one rule I had. Don't fuck with her, you know. And she's like, yeah, well, you haven't been telling the truth, like, He's 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 big into trust, and she's like, "Where's the trust? You're not even Leslie Vernon. Have you ever been to Reno?" And so he grabs her and slams her into the van. Yeah, it gets and, real for a second. But we've had interactions with the cameraman. We know the cameraman, and none of them like step in, say a word or anything, mm-hmm. because the movie needs the scene to happen. Okay. And I feel like that's, while not a plot hole, I think that is a bit of, well, that kind of breaks the reality of the dynamic you have built up in the, in this movie. Maybe. I, it's not, I don't think it's a huge problem, but it is something that bothered me enough to, okay. to bring it up. Sure. I think it's probably more important that you do see that Leslie can have that dark side. Mm-hmm. Like, he's been saying that he's going to kill people, Yeah. but we've only seen, like, jovial joking Leslie. Right. I feel like we probably did need that to see, like, this dude is ready to kill somebody. Him slamming her into there, I have no problem with. I mean, other than... It's the reaction that you didn't right. get it's that from. It's that there are two cameramen filming him, and they cut between, um, and none of them help her when I think, like, the relationships that we've built up, one of them would step in and say something. Okay, Especially Todd, who's on the outside and has the most, most way to do things, and, you know, you see his personality at the end... He would have. He probably as is Todd the big guy or the lazy eye guy. Uh, the big guy. Okay. Uh, he would have stepped in. Okay. I feel like I, that's I the character disagree. that they have. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree, for sure. Um, so we end up with our big night. It's our mm-hmm. big night where everybody's. This is going to happen. He's got every kill planned out. He's mm-hmm. kind of hoping that that Kelly, if that's her name, yeah, goes at him and is victorious. That that's important to his his legacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the kids are kind of uh, the the kids the the film crew yeah is a little unsure of themselves. They're not so sure, um, and they kind of panic. And Leslie, well, they're they're caught up in it. That's like the what they're doing, 
and then he leaves to make his first two kills. Yep. And, and then, then that's the moment. moment of like, what the fuck are we doing right now? Yeah, exactly. This was, this was fun when it was all hypothetical, but now this is fucking happening uh, and we're here. But who's the first person that realizes that they're having that moment? It's Leslie is actually the one that kind of realizes it and says, you guys have that look. You have the look that says, we can't just stand here and let this happen. Yeah. You need to get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. I've planned too long for this. I've t- planned too hard for this to let you fuck it up. Yeah. Get out of here. It's over. And he tells him to go so that he can go do his thing. Yeah. But they don't. They rush in to try to save Kelly, mm-hmm. who they know is going to be a virgin. That is very important. Yeah. So this is the moment where uh, as soon as they make the decision to turn off the cameras, that's when it switches into horror movie mode. Yes. And this concept, the aesthetics I'm not upset about, I feel like I just wish this was half as long because it's too much slasher for me. But again, I might not be the fair audience because I'm not a slasher guy. I Like, I didn't have a problem with that. Like, the fact that it's a slasher or whatever. But I feel like uh, it was... Conf- it, confusing isn't the right word. It, it was confused. Jarring? It definitely was... Uh, I don't know why I said jarring was such a... Like, ring? S- yeah, I did, yeah, I did it with... Like drawing? Like very two strong syllables yeah. there. It's going to be two syllables regardless. I did it as two very strong syllables. Uh, the kid I grew up with used to say drowning, and it always bothered me. My mom used to say skinned for skin, and it always bothered me. Weird. Yeah. I think Indiana throws a lot of Ds in things. Maybe. Because drowning would be one. I think my mm-hmm. mom said drowning. Skinned yeah. would be one. There's definitely more. I've never heard skinned for skin. Yeah, skinned. But that's weird. Uh, so yeah, they, then the movie happens. Yes, the movie happens. And I do love, so the very first, they, they rush up to try to find the virgin. And what's the virgin doing? Uh, very. To, what's the way to say she's fucking like she's fucked before? Well, Todd, I think, describes it as she, he's jumping. She's jumping on that guy's Johnson like it's a pogo stick. <laughs> Is how he describes it. And I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Because she is banging the shit out of this dude. Mm-hmm. And they're very much like, that is not her first time. She is not a virgin. Yeah. What the fuck is going on? Leslie's going to be pissed that his final girl isn't a virgin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a slashing movie happens. And the the crew ends up figuring out this was Leslie's plan the entire time. Yep. He knew that they were going to not be able to stand by. Mm-hmm. We realize our that host is the virgin. Our host is the virgin. She's the survivor girl. Um, and she ends up realizing that herself and has to go after Leslie. Mm-hmm. And I think they did this well in that the whole time they've been showing her, first of all, her performance was the only one that bothered me at times throughout the movie. But I had to consciously tell myself not to let it bother me because the whole time for the first two thirds, all she did was put her hand under her chin and be like, hmm. But she was simultaneously playing that film student and playing that film student trying to be on camera interviewing someone like she was trying to look deep and philosophical. Mm -hmm. But what this movie does a good job about, in my opinion, is, is they, it's very apparent. They make, they bury her in clothes that are way too big in sweatshirts until that moment when she turns into a sexual creature and she literally takes off her skin. No, not literally takes off her skin, skinned. She literally takes off her skinned, 
but she she takes off her her oversized sweatshirt mm-hmm. and you see her as a sexual creature because right. she's wearing tight fitting clothes and you see she has breasts and you see cleavage and it's as she's re-emerging as a sexual creature in that vaginal canal that after they after she's grabbed his cock and went through the birth canal exactly yeah um and it's 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 very obvious but they do a good regardless of the fact that it's obvious they do a good yeah. job because they have had this girl in front of you the whole time who you're like eh, i don't care and then all of a sudden she becomes a sexual thing she's from home alone who's she in home alone one of the sisters i think the oldest sister i don't know Oh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I never saw that. You're right. Yeah. yeah good job. It is Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I feel weird that I just I referenced. She's like the middle sister, actually. Sure. I don't know. Um, and then it turns into a slasher movie and she kills Leslie Vernon. <laughs> I like how you say it, that it turns into a slasher movie like seven times. Yeah. It does. Uh, it is the whole time. The third it act. is the whole time. But, you know. Did you Did you watch the credits? Uh, No. Never? I don't think so. Yeah, the credits, it, like, it fades to black, and then, like, the first credit comes up, and it fades in to a uh, shot on the morgue. Okay. Just, like, security footage, and it's just a ploy to get you to watch the credits, because it is, like, three minutes of nothing happening, and then six seconds before it ends, he sits up. And he sits there for six seconds and then fade to black. I guess they did talk about flame retardant gel. I don't know if that lasts for four hours while he would burn completely. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So another fun fact about this movie. uh, I years ago was watching Netflix or something. And there was a documentary about screenwriters. Okay. So I was like, let me watch this documentary about screenwriters. And they followed like four guys. Um you know, two, one of which never sold anything, one that was on the precipice of selling something, whatever, but basically a whole bunch of different spots in their sure. career screenwriting. And they followed one guy who just sold his screenplay, and this movie follows him making his first screenplay into a movie. Mm-hmm. And it's this movie. Oh, okay. Which I had no idea watching it. Um, but that documentary, the best part of that documentary is him as well, because you can kind of fill in the gaps. The one guy that's just struggling, it's just nothing happens. Yeah. Uh, the one guy that's super popular, stays super popular and keeps getting gigs. This is the one that was really interesting in that, you know, it's just this ra- average dude sold this movie, super stoked. Uh, this company hires this guy to direct it. The guy rewrites the movie a little bit, you know, so the guy's like, I'm getting this taken away from me a little bit. And I'm kind of upset with the things he's changing because he's changed enough to make himself a co-writer. But the shit that he's changed is like names like he changed the name of the town from whatever it was to Glen Echo, which is the name of his production company. Like, (laughs) I'm not trying to make this director out as a villain at all. Yeah. The the documentary kind of does because it's one sided from the screenwriter. Um, and also when you're going through it, there's a lot more emotion than looking back. So I'm, I'm imagine they're, they're cool now, but as you're going through it, it's very precious. Right. Um, but it's, it's really that at least, I think it's literally called like screenwriters or screenplays or something like that. And it's very interesting. You're like, cause you're on the set watching this movie get made and the move, the documentary doesn't give two shits about this movie, 
they care about the screenwriter's story, right? But yeah. I know this movie and I like this movie, so it was very interesting. It, it is very interesting. That's cool. I might have to look that up. Um, but it's a little sad too. But it's also good because this guy. I mean, he, he, I think, I don't know if he's done anything since, but this movie has a cult following and they're still trying to make a sequel and things like that, you know? So in the scheme of screenwriters, he has at least this that got done that he had a huge part in, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah. How do you make a sequel to this movie? Uh, I don't know. They've been working on it for a while. Like they tried to do a Kickstarter and, and didn't manage to do it and things like that. The thing that bothered me, I don't remember the name for sure, but the name bothered me because this movie is called The Rise of Leslie Vernon, mm-hmm. which feels like a prequel title. <laughs> like, I don't remember that the title always threw me off a little bit. Yeah, they did mean they did do a comic book recently that they got funded and everything. And Leslie Vernon has an action figure, which is cool. So, cool. Um, it definitely has a cult following, and I think it deserves it. I think that there's a lot of things that it does super well. I think it dissects it. The cardio thing is classic, um, and overall. I really like it. I think it accomplishes everything that it sets out to do. Uh, yeah, sure. I I I won't say that I enjoyed parts of it. Uh, I, the movie overall kind of frustrated me, and not like harshly, but I feel like I was disappointed because this movie tried to have its cake and eat it too. And I feel like the documentary parts were there were parts of the documentary that were good. There were parts of the slasher film that were good, and I feel like. The, they wound up being uh, not a total, like the sum was less than its parts. Okay, that's fair. Um, got anything for the bridge? I was just going to ask uh, if you brought a got a bridge this week so that we have a bridge. Nope. I can't get a bridge for like 11 more weeks. Hmm. 11 weeks? Yeah, I guess, yeah, because like your gum and stuff has between. to grow in, right? Yeah. Have I talked I, to... I, hold on. I have a question for you because you've gone through this. Okay. How long before you brushed your teeth? Because I've gone a week without brushing my teeth and it feels weird. Uh, I did it, I think, immediately. Yeah. Uh, I'm scared too. Oh. Because like... Mine would be measured in hours. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> That's not even a joke. Like mine would have mm. been measured in hours. I may have just revealed something I didn't want to about myself. Uh, yeah, I don't... Like it feels... But it's like... The teeth that are the worst are those, like the ones right by it, and I don't want to fuck it up. I don't know. Uh, yeah, hours is okay. my gauge of measurement. Okay. Uh, what did I have? I had something, and then you just did that. Oh, so teeth. Uh, so I have this thing when I see really bad teeth. Mm-hmm. All I can fixate on is the fact that their tongue touches their really bad teeth. And I'm like, look how gross your teeth are. You let your tongue touch that. And then I envision my tongue, like touching their teeth from the inside, from the inside. And like, like if you roam your tongue around your teeth, Mm -hmm. I envision my tongue doing that in their mouth. Like my tongue rolling over their blackened stub of teeth. Yeah. And then it makes like so you're talking like not necessarily teeth that are kind of fucked up like bent like you need braces no 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 not you're at talking all. like like black teeth or yeah. like rotten yeah like the mm-hmm. little nubs okay and things like that yeah 
And then I just envision my tongue in their mouth running my tongue across their teeth. And then I start to like salivate and, and, and then like my throat opens up, like I'm going to puke. Like (laughs) that happens on a, I would measure that on a weekly basis that I see that. Like, I'll just like, I'll drive through McDonald's and the person will give me the food and I'll see her like little brown, her bad nubs, like her little nubs, like her Mm -hmm. six little brown sawed off things. And then I'll, I won't even be able to eat because I'll imagine her eating and trying to figure out how she chews with that combination of teeth. Like, where is there enough downward word pressure and upwards pressure for those teeth to meet? Because I don't see anywhere that they do. It's just gum and teeth, gum and teeth. Uh, and then I can't even eat my McDonald's sausage McMuffin because I'm envisioning my mouth being her mouth in my mouth eating that sausage McMuffin. <laughs> Even as I'm talking about this now, like I'm extra salivating, like, and I don't want to swallow my saliva because I envision it being her saliva with the brown nubs. <laughs> uh, your story was better than mine. That's not a story. That's a psychological <laughs> disorder, bro. Yeah, that's why it was better. Because <laughs> it's ongoing. <laughs> oh, yeah. that I'm not joking. That happens on a weekly basis. That's insane. You should probably... Like, talk to somebody about that. I don't What is it? Not just a microphone. (laughs) I'm trying to get it out. There's a guy that used to frequent uh, a place that I used to be employed. And uh, he would come in and he was a Middle Eastern dude. And I think he ate this like, ate, he had this like fucked up tobacco. Like, I've smelled a lot of chewing tobacco, Mm -hmm. but usually it's more like menthol-y. Yeah but his teeth were bit, like, imagine if you would file teeth down to the gum line. Yeah. That was his teeth. And that's all I could ever imagine is running my tongue over my gums just enough so that it was like tiny little nubs sticking out of the mm-hmm. top of my teeth. You are a crazy person. <laughs> is that crazy? Yeah. What? What is that? I don't it's think crazy. How's that crazy? I, I mean, definitionally, it's some sort of probably is psychosis the right word? That's probably too extreme. Is definitely. I mean, it's so, not it's impeding my sort life. Of thing. It's some sort of body thing, right? It's like some, it's, some sort of mental health issue. That's got to be related to my thing where I'm concerned about talking to people because that's my other concern. Mm-hmm. I would that would be simultaneously I'd be concerned about talking about that guy's you teeth. You fixate on flaws in other people and simultaneously are you 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 empathize with it but also don't want to like bring it out. Yeah, I don't know. There's something there. I just don't know what it means or what it how how I can change it or if I should really bother changing it. Like it's not like it's like, what's it, the worst thing that it it's going to It sounds like once a week you almost throw up into an egg McMuffin. <laughs> so. Let's be honest. That could be beneficial. Like, if I could avoid eating more sausage McMuffins, yeah. it's probably a good thing. Yeah, sure. Uh, good. That was an unplanned bridge that Ew. worked. Nailed it. <laughs> Check. Moving on. Uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Synopsis. Uh, Tucker and Dale go to a cabin in the woods and a bunch of uh, college kids 
start having accidents. Mm-hmm. So it looks like that they're killers. Uh, but the college kids also think they're killers. So mm-hmm. they're having accidents while they think that Tucker and Dale are killing their friends. Yeah. So I thought that there were funny moments in Leslie Vernon. Mm-hmm. I laughed out loud several times in this movie. I did too. I laughed out loud a couple times in Leslie Vernon. I laughed out, especially in the first half of the of Tucker and Dale. Yeah. I laughed out loud a lot. So let's talk about that. Okay. The first half of this movie, mm-hmm. uh, about the midpoint, I'm thinking this might be my favorite movie we've ever watched here. The first half is not the best, fantastic, but my favorite. Yeah. First half is great. Yeah. Then it kind of turns into a regular horror movie. Yeah. Then it's like they have to deal with things like plot. <laughs> when in, in a way in a way that i usually criticize people like movies that don't deal with the plot like i i feel like i would have just been like i don't care just keep keep doing what you're doing <laughs> you don't have to resolve anything it'll be fine i'll just keep I'll they just needed keep to do the monty python ending where they just kept building up and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden somebody showed up and was like we get it you're good yeah have a good day guys yeah just end it like an snl sketch i'll see i'll see you next next time for the sequel later yeah. <laughs> uh so tucker and dale alan tudyk and tyler labine which uh, by the way i feel like sorry a uh, point i want to make is i feel like that is something that they resolved in Zombieland because it's the same director that did Zombieland three years later and i feel like that's a movie that like, didn't let the plot get in the way of its characters in the in the way that this movie kind of does. Okay, sure. Um, Sorry, so, didn't mean to derail. So they're two hillbilly guys on the way to their new vacation home they just bought. Mm-hmm. Um, they're buddies. They're good dudes, but they're hillbillies, right? Yep. So they stop at the even the the, the first time we see them, like we open with the stereotypical teen douchebags. Yep. Hate every one of them. Uh huh. Well. Somehow there's like 17 of them in this vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you get Tyler Labine and Alan Tudyk driving by just looking fucking hillbilly as all hell. Uh, and they like make it very menacing looking. Yes, exactly. Because, you you know, if you don't know what this movie is going in, like you, you think that these kids are the protagonists and you're looking at the, the villains. Yes. There. Exactly. And that's what the kids are doing in the car. Exactly. Like, who are these hillbillies staring us down? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then very quickly, uh, you meet these two guys, and they're just two hillbilly dudes that are out having a good time, and they're yep. really nice guys. Pickled eggs. Pickled eggs is a thing that takes the movie from the protagonist being the kids to the protagonist being Tucker and Dale. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, so they're in the... Uh, the little local store, right? The little, the, the same place that every movie like this visits. It's literally called Last Chance Gas. Uh, yes, it's the gas station that I went to in Austin, basically, right? Yeah. Uh, and Alan Tudyk is standing at the register, talking quietly, like looking around at these group of of douchebags. Uh, Tyler Labine is being creepy and staring at this pretty girl. Uh, and then you is you that switch. Dale? Dale is Tyler Labine. Okay, say uh, Tucker and Dale. Since they're in the title and we actually know their names, I, know their I don't names. know. I don't know Dale's actor's name. Uh, I mean, I'll know Tyler Alan Tudyk because he's fucking Alan Tudyk. I know, but, but if I'm saying Tyler Labine and Alan Tudyk, you'd probably think that you could go between the two. Dale? Anyway, so the time for me that you really uh, ingratiate yourself to these two is when they end up outside. So the high school group is by their car, 
and Tucker and Dale is by theirs. And Tucker is giving Dale this like self-confident speech. Like you're no better than them. They're just, she's just human. That pretty girl over there, go talk to her. He's like, you know what? I'm going to do it. (laughs) And make sure, make sure you, uh, you smile, smile and laugh. Yeah. Whatever you do, just smile and laugh. Yeah. (laughs) So So he carries a scythe. (laughs) He's dragging a scythe over there to them, which I loved. (laughs) And so he has this scythe. And he plops it down. <laughs> I don't remember what he says. What the fuck does he say? Uh, I don't remember. He's like, so you kids on vacation? <laughs> 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 Something stupid like that. <laughs> and they're just like, you're the creepiest motherfucker I've ever seen. We're leaving now. <laughs> and they Before rush. you murder us yes, they with that r- scythe <laughs> that you're obviously threatening us with. And they rush away in fear and panic mm-hmm. and because the only direction he got was he needed to stand there and laugh and yeah. smile. <laughs> uh, and then they go back and, and Tucker keeps like trying to build him up, right? Like a good friend yeah. giving good advice in an intellectual way. Mm-hmm. They just happen to be hillbillies. Yeah. Uh, and they're really, they're both really charming and you really quickly start liking these two guys. Mm-hmm. They get pulled over by the cops? Before that. Okay. Can I pull a Justin for a minute? Sure. Uh, they, they decide that they needed to buy wasp spray, I think. The kid, the, uh, the college kids. Mm-hmm. Did you see the packaging for this wasp spray? I did not. But it, she did call it, hey, do we need more bug spray? Which means you would spray it on yourself. Yeah, and then they grab is, wasp spray. Yeah. Which why spray why does fake packaging look so shitty in movies? It looked terrible like give me five minutes on photoshop and i could come up with something better than this Mm -hmm. like every time you see fake packaging the 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 letters are way too big like they don't it's like the the equivalent of duff beer that the only thing it says is duff it just says like wasp and hornet yeah it really pisses me off because it's not about the packaging because you have to read it on screen very quickly but it's obviously hor. i don't know like even if they just would have put a huge picture of a wasp and put wasp and hornet really small I would have been happier with that. But you wouldn't like you wouldn't read it. But they told you I need wasp spray. Even sure. if it didn't say wasp and they just grabbed a can, you could probably you're like, why is she buying why is she buying applesauce? No, she said she was buying bug spray. She grabbed bug spray. Sure. Go ahead. But, Cop. Okay. But that requires like lots of communication and the script not changing. When they go to like the props department and they have to build all that stuff. Cop. The cop. Uh, so he, he gets pulled over uh, and they're they're drinking beers in the car because they're hillbillies. This so was they, the, that was the one part that bothered me because that did not ingratiate me to these two. Really? The fact that they were drinking and driving? Yes. Okay. Uh, to me, like that's just the part that's part of, you know, being the good old boy. Normally, I would have a problem with irresponsibility like that, but let's keep. We're not. Who are we kidding? There's nobody else on these roads. Okay. Uh, Other than the cop and the college kids. Go ahead. Yeah, who are were ahead and behind them respectively. Uh. So. They have to hide this beer, and. Whoops, Tucker goes to hide it, and it, he's like, my shirt got stuck? Yeah, it's <laughs> and so he just looks like he's blowing Tucker, and you realize, like, okay, this is the move. Like, the scythe scene was great, but this is where you're like, okay, this movie is just completely fucking silly. 
this is what we're doing. Yes. Buckle in. This is what you're in for. Mm-hmm. And I, I was buckled in, and I was prepared, and I was loving it every time, the whole yeah. time. Uh, so maybe the rather than going step by step, let's just hit up some of the gags, right? Yeah. Uh, so well, so it starts with the plot is uh, Allison, Allie. Yes. Uh, they're kind of peeping on her, kind of not, and she like sees them. They're accidentally falls. peeping. How's yeah. that? They because they, they're fishing. They found themselves in a position to peep, so yes. they continued to peep. They didn't well, seek out the peep. Tuck, Tucker peeps and Dale doesn't because he's a big sweetheart. <laughs> uh, and so uh, <laughs> I love it. He like he's hiding his eyes, and then he yells Tucker. He yells the <laughs> other guy's name, and that's what she sees, and then falls off the rock and hits her head. I love. And he's it. like. He's like, don't <laughs> yell out my name when we're trying to pee. <laughs> he actually ends at the backwards. He says, like, the next time we're trying to look at a naked college girl, don't yell my name. Yeah. <laughs> so they realize she isn't coming up, and then they rescue her. They pull her unconscious body into the boat. Uh, and the college kids see this. Yeah. Obviously, they're murdering and kidnapping Obviously, her. and they're screaming, we got your friend. <laughs> yeah. We got your friend. So they run away uh, and tell everybody that, hey, uh, they got Allison. They're going to murder her. Um, but they're not because they're, they're not. sweet. Yeah. And uh, he he comes in like with with bacon. He comes in with or pancakes. pancakes the first time. Yeah. And she just thinks, you know, he's the hillbilly that was all scary. Yeah, and, and he's just screams. in silhouette, and he's just in silhouette as yes. he's slowly walking in towards her, not saying anything, just yes. going. Oh, you don't like pancakes? <laughs> oh, okay, I'll I'll get you something else. Okay, I'll be right back. <laughs> I just love that line. It's so stupid. I'm gonna say I love that line 20 million times uh, until we hit the midpoint. Yes, uh, Alan Tudyk uh, is attempting to cut through a log, mm-hmm. uh, and he hits a. Uh, a bee's nest. Yes. So he starts running with the chainsaw because he's yeah. getting attacked by fucking bees. Yeah. Meanwhile, college kids have showed up and are attempting to rescue her or at yeah. least confront them to say, well, what are you doing with our, yeah. Uh, runs through the woods, swinging the chainsaw around because there are bees. Also with his eyes closed. <laughs> and so the, one of the kids who thinks he's being chased is basically running alongside him. And then they have this moment of they're they're like next to each other and they look at each other, and then Tucker looks away and kid impales himself and dies. Yes. So that is our first accidental death with what we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Uh, other college kids, however, find him. Yeah. And are like, holy shit! They've taken it to the next level. They are trying to kill us. Yeah. And then the hillbillies show up because they're looking for the college kids to tell them, "Hey, we got your friend. Yes. Come." Come, get, Come her. get her. We yeah, we we rescued her. Yeah, We're on the same team. Well. We're yeah. average responsible people. Yeah. And they're like, should we leave a note? <laughs> and he's like, well, hey, we don't have a pen. Well, well how are yeah. we going to leave a note? Well, this, he just left this hatchet here. Let me carve it onto the log. <laughs> and the log just says, "We got your friend." <laughs> and so obviously, that's a threat. Yes, friend. Of course, is spelled wrong. And you're as you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the college kids decide we're going to go for these motherfuckers. They're going to try to kill us. Yeah. Uh, Tucker is... One of, and one of the kids is obviously more gung-ho, and he's like, we need to murder these This kids. is the king douche boy, douchebag frat boy. Yeah. Um, not a fan of frat boys in sure. general. Uh, this guy is the king of the frat boys. He even has like the flipped collar mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah, his so. collar is definitely popped. 
Uh, is 2010 as hell. Yes. So they decide they're going to uh, go for them, and their uh, Tucker is outside doing the uh, the wood chipper with Woody the chipper. Did you uh, see that on the side? I did. It was called Woody the Chipper. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so I think later, I think later Dale says, "Oh, he come, he jumped in Woody." <laughs> uh, so, well, meanwhile, Dale is digging a hole for the outhouse. shitter for yeah. the outhouse. Uh, the and, shitter. I mean the the crap the crapper. <laughs> I mean the shit uh, hole. The out shitter. <laughs> Uh, and Allie, uh, who's kind of starting to flirt with him, just she's going to help him. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the college kids decide they're making her dig her own grave yeah. while Tucker is firing up the wood chipper for them. Mm-hmm. So, so they end up with two simultaneously going for mm-hmm. them. And what happens? They all have individual weapons. Yes. And so the one with the sharpened stick yes. goes after Dale. Uh, Dale gets scared, turns. Knocks Allie unconscious. Mm-hmm. She falls into the trench. Uh, he falls backward into the trench. And the kid goes over into the trench, lodges the the spear into mm-hmm. the ground, and impales himself. Would you say he got skewered in the belly? I mean, it was like in the chest region. It was close it enough. It was definitely specifically sure. like heart-based. Yeah. Uh, what happens to the other kid that went after Tucker? He's just got this shitty little knife. <laughs> He's like, I don't like this is fucking all I got, but I'm going to go for it. And he runs at Tucker and Tucker ducks. So he doesn't see him. So you just go in to pick up more wood to throw in the chipper. And he goes into the chipper head first. I love this because completely in these guys' minds, like Tucker especially, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, oh my God, what did this kid just do? He's trying to rescue the kid and pull his legs out, right? He's like, why'd you put? Why'd you jump in the chipper? Oh God, are you okay? Yeah, that's what he says. The wood chipper finally turns off. The dude has been from his head down to his torso. And he's like, are you okay? <laughs> And so Tucker and Dale have this moment where they're looking at each other like, why do these college kids just keep killing themselves around us? Uh, It's wonderful. So the kids, uh, they sent off one of the kids to to get the cops and the cop arrives. uh, And Tucker and Dale have also thought about going to the cops, but realized that their story might be a little a little hard. To swallow. Yeah, I mean, this is a suicide cult that they're killing themselves yeah, all around us. Yeah, they've determined that they're, they're a suicide cult, uh, uh, and they're coming to kill Allie. Yes. Uh, we better just take care of this very yeah. bad thing style and not tell anybody. Right. So let's get this guy out of the wood chipper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they as drag him about two feet. And then the cop <laughs> pulls up as they each have a foot of this half half Which of I a love, body i love that tucker immediately drops it yes and dale holds on the whole yes, time yes the whole time he just <laughs> keeps holding on <laughs> and i love to not, he's not doing anything wrong uh i love tucker realizes the situation and dale doesn't and that's what i love about these uh, people i love too that uh that tucker had told dale like what are we gonna do we're just gonna explain to the cops like it's been a doozy of a day and that's the line that he gives the cop when he like, pulls up he literally says all the stupid shit that, <laughs> that there's he... no way he'll believe this this is i just and he keeps saying more and more insane things and that's literally his entire speech to what happened yeah these two are fantastic tyler labine and alan tudyk are amazing yeah. in this they really are um the sheriff or cop ends up accidentally getting killed by a beam that they've set up earlier. Mm-hmm. One of the college kids accidentally shoots himself in the face. Yeah. 
because uh, he points it at them, and Dale says, "You got to take the safety off on the side." <laughs> like, what are you doing? Why are you talking about that? And so he's trying to fit over the safety and shoots himself in the face. Yep, dead. Uh, and this is probably the moment where it just kind of turns a little generic to me. Uh, right around here. Yeah. So they do a thing. Okay. They fire a nail gun, but they show that they it. hook up the air compressor. Okay, but it, but that's still not how air guns work. But they hooked up the air. They hooked up the hose. They show you specifically turning on the air compressor. Are you are you not entertained? Uh, it's still frustrating because that's not how they work. And I love that you just turned into Russell Crowe. Like, are you not entertained? Yeah, of course. So, the, so hold you're on, saying, hold on. You, I, I think that made me realize, am I handier than, like, I never thought that I was a guy. Uh-huh. But am I handier than, than the average person if this bothers me this much that I know that's not how an air nailer works? Knowledge and experience are two different things. Okay. So I know that you built that thing, right? But, yeah. like, looks like it's from a kit. Nope. But you still... Sure isn't. It isn't? Nope. Oh. That's just one by sixes that I painted and cut down, bro. I built mm. that whole wall. See that ceiling? Yeah. It's me. You know, especially you can tell it's me over there by the vent where it's fucked up a little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this room was totally empty. There was yeah. just studs. So, yeah. You've done some things. I've done some things. So, is your point of contention the fact that you need to put pressure down on the tip? Yes. Who cares? That's all I need. Give me... <laughs> You, they don't even have to say it. Just show them pulling Talking it back. Tip, yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. Or say, I modified this. Yeah. All right. I know it's trivial, and that's definitely... I I would say let it go, but there are things like that that bother me as well. If so they did something have tech, your things. If they did something tech-wise that didn't make sense, it would probably bother you more than it would me. Yeah. You're like, that's not how the app works. Yeah. Uh, I just watched the first episode of Jack Ryan last night. Okay. Uh is that the John Krasinski mm-hmm. Amazon thing? Okay. Yeah. Uh, the base of Tom Clancy. It's like the his character's origin story. Is Tom Clancy an author? Yes. That's what I thought. He's dead, but yes. Oh, is he? Yeah. Uh, so like tons of like clear and present danger and um, I couldn't tell you many more, but they're big movies that have been made out of his books. But uh so they say in there he's he talks about well I made this SQL query and I was like oh my god because he talks about he's talking about databases and needing to talk to each other and he's like well I created this SQL query and I'm like oh my god they're gonna they're gonna say something really stupid here and it's gonna piss me off and I'm not gonna like the show uh, but they basically cut him off and then later like SQL query are you serious I was like oh thank God they're just they're just making fun of it it's fine. They didn't. They didn't like say anything completely fucking wrong. And let me let but, me get back into the see, show. See, that would not have bothered me at all. So that's the exact same thing. So yeah. good. I mean, it didn't bother me. I enjoyed the fact. I was like, I was pre bothered. No, that's what I mean. Had, then, they, had they ran yeah. with whatever whatever scenario you were going to run with, right? Had they done that, that mm-hmm. would have bothered you, and it would have went way over me. Yeah. The same way you're like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna shoot this nail gun yeah. like a gun. It's whatever. And then he says. Oh, I modified this so you don't need pressure on the tip. And then you're just like, fuck yeah. Yeah, exactly. Let's, so let's it's, ju- it's just the matter of what we're going to nitpick, basically. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> yeah, listen to that arm move as I lean back in my chair. <laughs> uh, I don't have any more notes because 
I just watched the movie in varying degrees of laughing and then disappointment. It's not a bad movie. Go watch this movie. I love this. I loved it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yes. But, but the second half disappointing does not, because, the second half yeah, doesn't live up to the first half. Does not at all. Uh, I just wanted more kids killing themselves. It, like I just wanted more shenanigans out of these two. I agree. And it, then the plot had to happen. It turns too much into them. It turns too much into a slasher movie. Both these movies, I think, suffer from the last part where it turns into being a regular slasher movie. Yeah. I, this movie didn't need a villain. This movie could have just this could have just been more situations like oh how are they gonna get out of this one you know like the whole like how the Duke boy is gonna get out of this one you know kind of you know go to the commercial break just yep. give me three more of those and we're good yeah uh, I really enjoyed it there is a sequel for this coming oh with sweet. everybody that's that was in it back I'm nice. assuming not the dead kids <laughs> maybe <laughs> but. Uh, but yes, I agree. Uh, it's a whole lot of fun. I think that it does a good job of kind of, again, dissecting the genre and what the stereotypes and things are. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Good. Miss anything? Nope. Glad I would you definitely liked it. pick Tucker, Tucker and Dale. Uh, I I agree. I definitely have more fun with it. I That's not to poop on Leslie Vernon at all. Good. Next week? Next week. Next week. First movie is ready for you right here sir all right are we up to this one is this the next one nope it's not no, the we're next skipping one. ahead we're skipping ahead all right from the creator of a so this is number Street. seven you've seen one and two we're to seven. Oh, we've only seen the first two yeah i guess we've seen what five jasons yep and three halloweens f- five halloweens three. Oh, three, i forgot yeah. i'm sorry yeah yeah uh, so yeah, Wes Craven's new nightmare. I get th- then it's six Jasons, by the way. Is it? Because you count th- if you're counting the remake, four or five remake. Yeah, we did do four and five. Yeah. Uh, this time staying awake won't save you. Uh, so did he leave the series for a while, and then this is his big return? Wes Craven. Yeah. So Wes Craven wrote and directed one. Wrote. Three, which has a co-writer. I don't know in which direction any of that co-writing happened. Mm -hmm. Then wrote and directed part seven. Okay. So he didn't have much to do with the series as a whole. One, three, and seven. Okay. So, yeah. What's Craven's New Nightmare? This is... Is this pre or post-Scream? This is pre-Scream. Okay. So what are we going to see with Wes Craven's New Nightmare? I guess to fill in the gaps, Freddy has went, you, you already know who Freddy is. Yeah. You know, as a cultural phenomenon, what Freddy was. Freddy mm-hmm. has turned to the Joker and the funny guy. Okay. Up till now. So right now, so everything Freddy is, is a joke. The Freddy is a, from the first one. I'm sorry. Everything is everything prior or everything post. Everything leading up to this has just been the last scene from the first movie where he's a car uh no way sillier like he is there's a scene in six that you haven't seen where Mm -hmm. he is playing a video game where he is freddy krueger killing someone that's how somebody dies all right so it goes way funny like he this is this is the moment video games are hilarious before this movie came out freddy krueger was 
the guy that little kids were dressing up as. Literally, in real life, mm-hmm. Freddy Krueger, a pedophile child murderer, is getting dressed up by sixth graders to go trick-or-treating. Okay. And then Wes Craven makes this movie. So what is this movie? I'm assuming this is his return to form because was I thought I don't know I I I only know from pop culture and stuff, but I think that this is his like big return right. This is what got him screen. Okay, maybe I think, right? I don't know. I, I that's what it feels like. Okay, but what is the movie about? You just keep saying it's his it's Wes Craven's return. I don't know. It's it's a Freddy movie. I'm gonna assume it's not a reboot. Okay. Uh, it might be. But I'm going to assume that it's not, but it's going to like maybe retcon out a lot of the stuff and then just or just ignore it. Okay, good. Movie number two. Movie number two. All right. <laughs> uh, the movie that uh, got David Arquette and Courtney Cox together. Scream. Clever, hip and scary. Someone's taken their love of scary movies one step too far. Someone? Is that really the tagline? Yeah, so it says at the bottom. I here. believe you. It just that seems odd. Some one or some two. I've seen the movie. Yeah, I know you have, uh, <laughs> and I know you've seen it, but I really want to talk about this movie, so that's why. I, yeah, it's, that's it's why we're good. doing it. I will watch it again with a more analytical eye. Good. Uh, and since you've seen it, it probably doesn't make any sense to ask you what it's about. Yeah. Or we should just record next week right now. We Justin, should've... what did you think about the movie? Give me a synopsis. We should have watched Scream and Scary Movie together. Because Scary <laughs> Movie is, is exactly just a parody of Scream. It's so bad. First Scary Movie is good. <sighs> I enjoy it. Justin? They make David Arquette into like uh, a, a kid with like learning disabilities and i thought that, that was great because that's exactly what i thought of david arquette <laughs> at the time uh G- he, he was like world heavyweight champion around that time or something so. yeah yeah uh yeah do you do you know so that character the guy that played dewey uh doofy mm-hmm. doofy and do you know we've seen him on the podcast no he was uh the Deputy in Devil's Rejects, the wore the yellow glasses. That was basically the actual hero of the movie. Okay, that's Dave Sheridan. All right, and he played that character. He played it well. He did. I'm cleaning my room, Mom. <laughs> See, you know the movie. Uh, I don't want to admit to that. <laughs> Justin, what else you got for us? They got pickled eggs. It's a six pounder. <laughs>